0: You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
0: day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings.
1: If the Sacramento Kings end up selecting Franz Wagner in the 2021 NBA draft, I'm not going to pat myself on the back as the guy who drafted him first in our ultimate mock draft, but I will say we've been talking about Wagner and we've been covering this draft about as well as you possibly can from a Kings perspective for the last couple of months. But I haven't had this guy on quite yet. On today's Locked on Kings podcast, I'm going to be joined by Fox Sports radio host, college basketball, college football writer, podcast host, he really does it all awesome personality never afraid to share his opinion it is aaron torres will join me today we'll talk about franz wagner his fit with sacramento we'll talk about guys like kai jones also we're going to spend some time just talking about the kings in general which pieces would be best for them that fits their timeline it's all on today's episode of the locked on kings podcast Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in depth analysis, game by game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January all the way through to December. This is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And speaking of the NBA Draft, we have an incredible live NBA Draft show presented by the Locked On Podcast Network coming for you. NBA Draft GOAT Chad Ford, who you heard here on the Locked On Kings podcast earlier this week. Locked On NBA Draft host Rafael Barlow, who's also been on Locked On Kings and Locked On NBA host John Corrales, who also has been on Locked On Kings. All three of them will be live this year covering the NBA draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today and you can watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six, nearly seven years. This will be uh, season number eight for me covering the Kings, both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. And I'm very thankful for my day job uh, at Sports 1140 KHDK in Sacramento because it's introduced me to a lot of great radio hosts around the world, including this guy, Aaron Torres, who I've been trying to get on the Locked on Kings podcast for a while. Finally, we were able uh, to work it out and it couldn't have come at a better time uh, with the NBA draft. And Aaron not only covers calling basketball. He really gets to know college players and NBA prospects in early years of high school. He makes a connection with them, a bond with them. He's had Cade Cunningham amongst many stars uh, and hopeful stars on his podcast and on his radio show. So to get Aaron here on the Locked On Kings podcast today is a real treat. It's going to dominate the show today. I'll get out of the way so you can hear my conversation with Fox Sports radio host, college hoops writer and podcast host Aaron Torres. Another day closer to the 2021 NBA draft and the content keeps on coming here on the Locked on Kings podcast. Believe me, I'd like to not talk about the NBA draft every single summer as much as we do, but there is part of me that always enjoys it. And a lot of that is because I get to speak to some great draft experts around the country, including this guy here today, Aaron Torres. You might be familiar with his work. You should be familiar with his work uh, on Fox Sports radio a college basketball and college football writer and analyst Uh, Aaron is nice enough to join me here on the Locked On Kings podcast today we're going to run through uh, this draft class and talk about fits potentially for the Sacramento Kings but Aaron welcome into Locked On Kings my friend it's so good to talk to you hope everything's doing well with you
0: Matt, it's my pleasure. You know, I told you before uh, we went on air, um, you know, I've had the very fortunate opportunity to do a ton of radio and podcast stuff in the Sacramento area. I know how passionate Kings fans are about the Kings. I wish we didn't have to break down the draft every year, though. I wish just one time for the fan base that they could be drafting at 27 and not really care who they were taking. But unfortunately, at least for today, that is not going to be the case. Next year, right? It's always next year. It's, it's next year.
1: It's always next year. And in some cases, it better be next year. Because, Aaron, the the Kings are staring the uh, the longest playoff uh, list fl- streak or longest playoff drought in NBA history. They're staring it right in the face. They tied it this year next year. Next year, if they miss the playoffs, they own that record, which I know ownership here, nobody wants to be a part of that. It's been a long time since we've had playoffs, and over those years, far too much time paying attention to the NBA wow. draft. But this year feels a little bit different, and a lot of it has to do with new general manager Monty McNair. This is his officially second offseason, second year uh, with the Sacramento Kings. He hit a home run last year in, in Tyrese Halliburton falling to 12. But this draft, it doesn't feel like the Kings are looking necessarily for that home run it'd be great if they get it but they're more looking for a player that is going to ultimately help this team make the playoffs right away maybe that's a higher floor but lower ceiling guy which is an interesting spot that the kings aren't normally in when it comes to the draft
0: Absolutely. And I mean, it goes back to a lot of the guys that I've talked about with you and some of your colleagues through the years. I mean, I'll be honest, I remember coming on before the 2017 draft and I remember interviewing De'Aaron Fox and I remember it being a story when the Kings were kind of the the natural fit. And I don't want to, you know, relitigate that whole draft, but you kind of knew Markel Fultz was going one. You knew Lonzo Ball was going two. And that Sacramento kind of made sense for De'Aaron Fox. And I remember talking to De'Aaron that year. And him saying, I would love to play in Sacramento, which is something that some guys hadn't said in the past. And so, you know, I only bring that up to say, um, you know, to, to the credit of the Kings, while they haven't broken through yet, as you just referenced, they it's not as though they have whiffed on all of these drafts. I mean, you know, uh, whether it is De'Aaron Fox, whether it is Tyrese Halliburton, as you said, I know that Marvin Bagley, there was some stuff with the organization, with him, with his family last year, but you're still talking about a guy that averaged 15 and seven and a half. Now I understand completely Compared to who he was drafted with in that class, it doesn't look like a great draft pick, but listen, you could do a lot worse than getting 15 and seven out of a guy that you select uh, in the lottery. And so I'm only bringing this up to say, you're right. I do believe in the pieces. Maybe I'm naive and maybe I'm wrong. And I certainly don't claim to know this organization as well as you do, Matt, but I just bring it up to say uh, you know there there is some talent there are some pieces and now it really is about filling the holes so that maybe it is uh, you know I don't want to be too hyperbolic but listen you know look at the Phoenix Suns right you know a couple really you know home run type draft picks with DeAndre and Devin Booker, a couple guys that kind of fit roles with Mikael Bridges and Cameron Johnson. And then all of a sudden you look up and they're Chris Paul away from making a deep run. So maybe the pick pick that is made this year is one of those Cameron Johnson, Mikael Bridges type players that maybe does get the Kings a step closer. And
1: you know what's funny, Aaron, is, is listening to the national conversation around the Sacramento Kings with this draft It's been more positive, honestly, than the conversation here in Sacramento, where the majority of people that I hear talking about the Kings are like, look, they're close. I've heard uh, uh, multiple different people on different podcasts, different shows, uh, television, radio, doesn't matter, saying the Kings are further along than the New Orleans Pelicans are when the Pelicans have two all-stars and Zion Williams uh, and uh, Brandon Ingram. So it's just crazy to hear that perspective because here in Sacramento, even though you have your core established with De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton, it still feels like this team has a ways to go. And a lot of that had to do with the ups and downs and the exhaustion from last season. So it's interesting that that script has flipped, but it sounds like you agree that the Kings are, are really knocking on the door. It's just a piece or two, the I should say the correct piece or two away uh, from actually ending that playoff drought.
0: I, I think it's definitely in the cards. And listen, there are going to be teams that are improved next year. Like, you know, the Golden State Warriors are obviously one that comes to mind. But I mean, listen, what is the future of the Portland Trailblazers hold? We don't know. Uh, Los Angeles Clippers, in theory, Kawhi Leonard's a free agent. I know he's not going to leave, but what what does his injury situation look like and what does it mean for the Clippers going forward? Jamal Murray's coming off a major injury. We know that in some way, shape, or form, the Suns will probably regress. And so, listen, I'm not saying this is going to be a year where half of the playoffs get flipped and, you know, four or five teams that made it last year or this previous season, 2021, are all of a sudden going to be on the outside looking in, but I, I think there's going to be room for a team like this, the Kings to move up. Uh, you know, I know uh, they, they weren't that far off this year from getting into that play in conversation. So I'm with you. The pieces are there. And, and, and I, I'd be lying if I said, I watch a ton of Kings regular season games, but you know, the trajectory is what it is. And like I said, you know, and this is what's so fascinating about the draft is you have so many different teams and so many different spots and I don't think, like you said, Matt, you said it perfectly to lead the segment. I don't think the Kings have to hit a home run and draft a future all star for this draft with the current team that they have to be considered or deemed a success two, three, four years down the road. Look, would
1: the Kings have liked to move into the top four? Absolutely. It would have been phenomenal for them to move into the top four, to have a chance at at one of these stars in this top heavy draft. But in terms of a year for you to be at that nine range, Aaron, and and with what they're looking for, potentially wing defenders, it seems like there's a lot of options too. So maybe this is the right year to be in that spot.
0: Let me, let me jump in. I'll tell you guys a quick story that I've been thinking about a lot the last two or three weeks is that, I remember the year that the Suns took Cameron Johnson with whatever it was 11th, 12th, 13th pick. And there was so much talk about, you know, he's a five-year college player and, um, you know, oh my goodness, you know, what are the Suns doing? And I'll tell you this, I I, I don't think he will mind me name dropping him because he looks really smart in hindsight, but it was a very controversial pick at the time. And I remember about two, two and a half weeks later, I saw Fran Fraschillo, the great ESPN, um, you know, commentator, former coach, and we were kind of talking about the pick and he said, you know, everyone keeps telling me that Cam, Cameron Johnson was way down on their board. He goes, but how many of us know what the Suns board was? And his point was that, yes, if, if you were, you know, maybe to certain teams with certain fits, and I don't even remember who was picking first that year. Let's say it was, um, you know, the Charlotte Hornets or whatever. They obviously haven't picked first, but you get the point. Maybe they were looking for that superstar and maybe Cameron Johnson didn't fit who they would have taken in that spot. But what Fran was saying was every team has a different board because every team has different needs. And so because of that, again, it comes back to the Kings where, as you said, maybe it's good that they didn't get into that top two or three or four because, you know, God willing, yeah, you get the number one pick. But, you know, Cade Cunningham's an incredible talent, but does he fit with what the Kings need now and with what, um, you know, is going to put them over the top next year or the year after? I don't know. And so the only point I'm trying to make is that, you know, Matt, I'll say this. It's so cliche and I hate it because I don't want it to be true. I want all of us on draft night to go in and do our grades and say this pick was awesome and this pick sucked. We all want to do it. I do it all the time. I'm as opinionated as anybody. But guess what, Matt? You know what? It really is true when they say you can't evaluate a draft until two, three, four years down the road. Because, again, I use an example like Cameron Johnson. If you're just looking at who was picked that night based on the mock drafts, you'd say, oh, the the sun's totally reached warm." But the Suns kind of had this vision of we already got Devin Booker. We're in really good shape on the wing. We need role players, guys that are going to understand what their role is, how they fit, do one or two specific things. That's what Cameron Johnson has done. And so the only point I'm trying to make is that even though it isn't that top two, three, four pick in a draft with, you know, three, four or five really good players at the top, it might not be the worst thing for this Sacramento Kings team.
1: Yeah, and trying to figure out the board of Monty McNair and the Sacramento Kings team is next to impossible. I mean, the Kings won't even let anybody know who they've had into Sacramento for actual workouts. We've been able to connect some
0: of the dots. Which, and put... by the way... By the way, that's a step up from a few years ago when people were refusing to come to Sacramento, right? <laughs> that's a good point. That's a very good point. <laughs> Sorry, I had to
1: say it. I had to say it. And we would know who was coming before they even knew or agreed half the time. So it's definitely a difference. It's a ch- it's it's a it's a change for Monty McNair. It's a change for this Kings uh, organization. And uh, one of the names we don't know if he's worked out in Sacramento or not. But I don't believe he has, or at least we haven't gotten anything on on social media or Instagram from the players to to suggest that he's worked out here in Sacramento. But he's a name that I'm hearing more and more connected to the Sacramento Kings as time goes on. He's a name that I really like. In fact, I selected him with the 10th overall pick uh, in our Locked On NBA Ultimate Mock Draft. That's Michigan's Franz Wagner. What do you think about uh, him, his game, his fit with the Sacramento Kings being that kind of plug and play guy that doesn't necessarily have to be a superstar? star but can ultimately help this team win games really quickly
0: I just think it's you know again I don't claim to know the organization as well as you Doug Christie all the great people that cover the organization on a day-in day-out basis but it feels like a great fit and a great call by you Matt and it's funny because you know you just look at the raw stats on on Franz Wagner um, you wouldn't think that he was that much better this past season than he was as a freshman but he really was So much more poise, so much more confidence, you know, second year in that Juwan Howard system, not to bore people with too many details, but he was recruited by John Beeline. John Beeline obviously leaves for a six month stay with the Cleveland Cavaliers that did not work out. Um, And, you know, and I think it took Franz a year to really kind of figure out how do I fit in what coach Howard wants to do? What is the system and how do I thrive? And this year he just looks so much more comfortable, so much more confident. And he's the exact guy that we've been talking about. Is is his upside what four, five, six guys are in this draft? Probably not. But not everyone has to be a superstar. And as a matter of fact, in many cases, it's best if you're not. Um, You know, I'm trying to think is that that I forget if it was P.J. Tucker or Chris Middleton or, or whomever. But somebody really coined the phrase in these finals be a star in your role. And I think he's a guy that gets that even at Michigan last year, he wasn't the leading scorer, but you watch those games and you could see the size, the length, the fluidity, the defense, the offense, the three point shooting. And so he is a guy and it sounds crazy for a guy that's only played two years of college basketball, but he strikes me as one of the more mature players and a guy that's going to understand coming in. I'm not getting 25 shots a game. This is Darren Fox's team. This is Buddy Heald's team. And it's my job to come in and find a fit. And again, when you're picking at 10, when you are two spots out from being in that play, two, two games out from being in that playing game, you don't need plug-and-play 24-shot-a-game guys. You need guys that understand their role. And if that ends up being the pick, I like it a lot for Sacramento.
1: Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes like Fiat and Kia, and models, Pacifica, XT5, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure, often pointless or seemingly intimidating, questioning like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And why wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brands that his warehouse happens to carry? You have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. RockAuto.com offers all the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. I know nothing about cars. Absolutely nothing about cars. But when I know what part I need, I go to RockAuto.com. It's in my basket and on its way to my house within hours. It's amazing. Plus, it saves me a ton of money. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write LOCKED ON in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com You know, we spent a lot of time, or at least over the last few months, talking about the the potential wings and wing defenders that are in this draft that the Kings could be interested in. And it's easily, easily their biggest position of need. I mean, going from the, I mean, last year being the worst defense, literally in NBA history, especially with the lack of depth at that wing position, at that 3-4 position, uh, the Kings are are definitely looking to fill that hole. And there's some options in the draft uh, to do that. But in addition, the Kings have a little bit of big man trouble, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that they don't really have the money right now to uh, re-sign Rashawn Holmes, who quickly emerged not only as their starting center, but honestly a very capable starting center around the NBA. So there's a potential that the Kings may look to go big in this draft, although I I think it's, it's far less likely than a Franz Wagner pick. But in terms of big men, there's one guy in particular that I've heard a lot of conversation about. And I've heard this guy's either going to be an all-star or is going to flame out and be out of the league in three, four years. And I'm talking about uh, Kai Jones. What is your opinion uh, on Kai Jones, his potential for the NBA, and, and maybe his fit in Sacramento if the Kings wanted to go the big man route?
0: Well, you know, you use the word with Kai Jones, and that's its potential. And and he's a guy from the Bahamas as weird as it sounds, and he's still new to basketball. And so, um, but I'll tell you this, I mean, this was a guy, it, it, it only took about two or three games this year. I mean, I remember watching him in, you know, Matt in college basketball circles, we called it the Maui invitational, but it was not played in Maui this year because of COVID. Um, you know, we're talking about a kid that, that had barely played as a freshman and in game two, game three, you just see him rip down a rebound and go and you're like, Oh, that he could not do that last year. And so, um, you know, he is a guy that, that, you know, my personal opinion is, uh, it's not even my opinion. It's a lot of people's opinions is that he is growing by leaps and bounds every year. Again, it's so hard to evaluate college stats because the best players leave so early, but he did double his point total. He, He averaged under 10 points per game, but he did it in under 23 minutes of play. And you can just see when you watch this kid, he is just oozing with potential. He's oozing with talent. And when I say he got better year over year, um, I I remember talking to an assistant coach at the power five, power six level in college basketball this past season. And he was in, you know, at Kai Jones's high school asking about another recruit. And he said, well, wait, excuse me, coach. Wait a second. Who's that guy in the corner over there? And then they explained it was Kai Jones. And even from that senior year of high school to the freshman year of college to what was last year, his sophomore year of college, this assistant coach was telling me that he is he has been blown away by the, the, the leaps that Kai Jones has made year over year. And so, again, you talk about a guy that isn't even, uh, won't be 21 years old until next calendar year, And he's new to basketball as well. And oh, by the way, he's six foot 11 with a great wingspan, has picked up the game very quickly. He is, as you said, he's high upside. I mean, the ceiling, you know, to quote Michael Jordan back in the day, the ceiling is the roof. Like the ceiling is unlimited. Um, But, you know, it is still all potential and it is still all hypothetical. And it's going to be on him once he gets into that pro system to continue to work, continue to develop.
1: I'll tell you what scares me about Kai Jones. And also the same exact thing, uh, scares me about Keon Johnson. It actually has nothing to do with them. It's two things. One, what we talked about earlier, the Kings are looking for a player that fits the timeline of trying to win right now that can plug in and make an immediate impact. Number two is even if this is a new regime and a new front office, the Kings historically have been terrible when it comes to (laughs) long-term talent development. When, so these guys that are going to need development are going to need time, uh, to work yes. their way up to the level that they they need to get at, that's time that I don't know uh, De'Aaron Fox and, and and Tyrese Halliburton. That timeline, I think, accelerates way past that. So that's my major concern with a guy like Kai Jones is, yes, I see the potential, yes, I see the upside, but how long is it going to take for him to get to that upside while your two stars and the rest of your core are chomping at the bit to win and be successful right now? It's easy to see a guy like Kai Jones being brushed under the rug or lost in the shadows here in Sacramento?
0: Well, I think part of it too, um, it's twofold. And and this is not to pick on any in particular, any player, any player in particular that is a developmental prospect, whether it's Keon Jones, uh, Keon Johnson, excuse me, Kai Jones, Scotty Barnes, I think is a little bit of a developmental guy. Jonathan Kaminga, who I love, Um, you know, it's two things. One there is an organizational element to this and i say this all the time with the draft and you know i'm sure i've said it on the local stations over there in sacramento but you know part of like like draymond green is going to be an nba hall of famer right but like if draymond green had been drafted by the orlando magic or um you know the 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 process 76ers 5678 years ago whenever he was drafted. I don't think Draymond Green's that same guy. And so it's exactly what you said is one, it's on the organization. Two, it's on the kid. And, and this is why, you know, every year as the draft gets younger and younger, it becomes harder and harder to evaluate these kids of who is going to be that Giannis Antetokounmpo, who we all watched in the, the NBA finals come in. We've all seen the video that Jonathan Gavoni shot of, you know, uh, Giannis at 16 years old and he's probably 160 pounds and he's six foot eleven. Who's going to be that guy that arrives in the NBA and lives in the weight room who understands that I might have to do six months in the G league and it's going to benefit the next 10 years of my career. And then who are going to be the guys that say, you know what? I made it. I I just signed for $10 million for $12 million for $15 million, whatever that rookie contract is going to be. I made it. The work is done and I hate to say it, but there are guys like that as well. And so You know, there there is no answer to that. Um, Obviously that's why these organizations are paid a ton of money to scout and evaluate and get intel on guys. But I just bring it up to say, I don't think it's wrong for you as a, as a King's, you know, a media member that covers the Kings to say, you know, you want to draft that developmental guy. That's fine. But we have to be very careful because the window is open. The window is finite. We got to make sure that this is a guy that we can plug and play right away. And Oh, by the way, if this isn't a guy that's ready to play right away, we got to make sure that he's a guy that we can develop down the road and wants to be developed it's just it's what makes the nba draft so fascinating and and maybe it's just because you know my work and what i've done over the last four or five years but you notice it more and more of uh, you know some guys just get into the league and they want it and they want to work and some guys really feel like they've made it at 20 years old when they sign that seven-figure deal and the work stops there instead of when it really should be starting. As the draft gets closer, so does your
1: opportunity to make some money on the draft itself. I'm talking about betting on who you think will be picked by which team and where on BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline, you can put money down on Cade Cunningham going number, number one overall. If you feel as confident as I do that the Kings will select Franz Wagner with the number nine pick, assuming they don't trade it away, you can bet on that at betonline.ag whether it's the nba draft the nba finals that just got done uh, nfl games mlb games hockey golf ufc and mma fighting they have it all Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today at BetOnline and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. Make sure you take advantage of our Locked On Bets show here on the Locked On Podcast Network. They'll help you make more money and more importantly, have some fun on BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I got two more things for you. The first is we've heard so much about the top five of this draft. Some have said it's actually top four. Others have said it's top six, if you include Scotty Barnes into that mix. But going back to the original top five of this draft, Four of the top five teams are in the Eastern Conference. Do you think that's significant? And do you think that this could be a draft that we're looking back at two, three, four years from now and saying this is where maybe the East started evening things out in terms of the the power struggle, where the West has always seemed to be just a little bit more difficult?
0: It's a great question, Matt. You know, I'll, I'll be honest, is just, I just look at it, kind of what I just said, is that You know, you're talking about all five guys, you know, four guys, five guys, six guys, if you want to include Scotty Barnes, they're one year removed from high school. And, you know, listen, I've interviewed kid Cunningham a million times, Uh, not a million, four or five, a one-on-one. I think he's an incredible kid. I think he's wise beyond his years but he's 19 years old, 20 years old. I don't know if it's going to work out. You know Evan Mobley, I've I've I started watching Evan Mobley when he's about 13, 14 years old. He has gotten better year after year after year. He also as you saw has a great older brother that pushes him every day, has a father who who's a former professional basketball player who is a renowned big man coach here in Southern California, Eric Mobley, who I think is one of the sharpest minds that I've met in basketball. What happens when he's removed from that System, And I'm not saying that Evan won't be successful. I'm just saying, we don't know. Um, You know, so, so I only bring it up to say, I, you know, Matt, you you know, some of my work and I love, no one loves throwing out a hot take more than me. (laughs) And in five years or three years coming back and saying, I told you so, but the one thing that I do think I've cooled off on a little bit is saying definitively with the NBA draft, Who is going to pop five, six years from now and who won't? And I'll even go back to last year. You know, Anthony Edwards, I didn't see it. I said, now to my credit, I said, take LaMelo Ball. So that wouldn't have been the worst pick. But I only bring it up to say, you know, Anthony Edwards, you know, one year removed from high school. He goes to Georgia. I'm not a fan of Tom Crean, his coach. Um, But I thought that Anthony Edwards was part of the problem at George and the reason they didn't have success is it turned out, no, it was probably just the coach. The coach probably screwed it up for everybody. And Anthony Edwards was awesome with the Minnesota Timberwolves. And so the only reason I'm bringing this up is to say that, you know, I, I think I've learned through the years. As much homework as you do, as much as you watch, as much as you think, you know, these guys, you just never know. And part of it, too, is like I said, it's a million different variables that go into it. Right. I mean, you know, you look at the the third pick with Cleveland, you know, uh, an organization that really we all know. We know the history out when LeBron James is not there. It's a complete disaster. Um, That's the third pick. The fourth pick is the Toronto Raptors who are two years removed from an NBA title. Right. And so, you know, going to the Raptors with Nick nurse who I think is an incredibly smart guy with Masai Ujiri who has proven he can build a championship contender. Uh, They've developed players with Pascal Siakam, guys like that, Fred Van Vliet, you know, that that developmental system works. I just bring it up to say, you know, let's whoever it is, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, Jalen green. It sounds stupid. I really think their whole career trajectory could be different. I think Jalen Green could be a completely different player in five years if he goes to the structure of a place like the Toronto Raptors as opposed to Cleveland, which, let's be honest, you know they, they've they've proven they can develop some guys. I know Colin Sexton had some big games this year, but they haven't won anything without LeBron James. And so, um, it's a really long-winded way of me saying, I you know. I love, I love spin out hot takes as much as the next guy, but the one thing that I've learned is that it is really hard at you know, 18, 19, 20 years old with the organizations that we're talking about at the top of the draft to really determine who's going to pop four or five years down the road and who isn't.
1: Well you're an opinionated guy and I love you for it which is why I'm excited to end with this and I don't want you to hold back I want you to speak your mind on this uh, I, I mentioned the uh, the ultimate mock draft that we did uh, and, and you might have heard me say I, I selected Franz Wagner at 10 well the Kings are obviously at number nine it's because I executed a trade I moved back okay. one spot I decided to uh, to send buddy Heald in number nine to the Ooh. New Orleans Pelicans. For Eric Bledsoe and number 10. And I know on the surface, a lot of people didn't like it until they took a look at the financial implications. I'll just say this without going into all the details and boring you to death. This trade saves the Kings. $38 $38 million in cap space, <laughs> ultimately, just making that move. Eric Bledsoe's only no, owed $3.9 million guaranteed, not this upcoming season, but the following season. So it was a money move to give the Kings some relief. What do you think about that swap of Buddy Heald for Eric Bledsoe? I moved down to number 10. My guy, Wagner, was still there, so I didn't mind that.
0: I think you know probably more about the salary cap than half the GMs in the league. That's my biggest takeaway from that. Because So what was it, Eric Bledsoe, and what did you give up to Buddy Heald, obviously? Um, I mean, you clearly know more about the salary cap than probably 80% of the league, and so – um, you know, listen, if, if I say now, now I sound like Bill Belichick here, if Wagner was the guy you wanted anyway, and you could sh- shed some salary cap, uh, you know, uh, whatever, uh, I, I don't think it's the worst trade. I don't think it's the worst trade. Now, how does it affect the Kings on the court and their window to win now without Buddy Heald? That's my question. Are you, are you assuming that Eric Bledsoe is going to give you basically 80% of what Buddy Heald is going to give you at one-tenth the price? Is that kind of the assumption I'm actually not so
1: what I'm hoping is Eric Bledsoe he does three things for me one he comes in and assuming he can stay healthy he can help the Kings with their backcourt defense which was absolutely atrocious so you he gives you a little bit of a defensive boost of course, he's not going to provide the offense that Buddy Heald uh, provides from the perimeter. But we saw last year with the addition of Terrence Davis at the trade deadline, Davis came in, and no, he's not Buddy Heald, uh, certainly not up to Buddy Heald's level as an elite scorer, but Terrence Davis could take over Buddy's volume scorer role in stretches off the bench at times, and it was both from the perimeter and attacking the basket, which makes me think Buddy Hield isn't as irreplaceable as maybe some think he is when they see his shooting split. So I saw that, and the final part of this is if you're acquiring Eric Bledsoe, you also have DeLon Wright on your roster. You can shop DeLon Wright, who I know has value, potentially turn that into more cap space to re-sign Rashawn Holmes, or go out and get yourself another uh, veteran or, or solid player like I would go to Portland and see if like Derek Jones Jr. was available. That's my thinking there.
0: You clearly put a lot of thought into it, so I don't know what else to say. Um, (laughs) Just don't tell me you hate it. Just tell me you don't hate it and I'm happy. Well, I don't hate it. And, you know, and again, you know, me, you know, having such a foot in, in the college space, I don't have as much time to watch the NBA. Um, I knew the Kings were bad defensively. I guess I didn't realize they were quite as bad as you have explained it. But the only reason I bring that up is to just very simply say, um, you know, a lot of thought had been put into it and maybe what you're going to lose offensively, you'll make up defensively. And uh, yeah, I like the trade a lot. I like the trade a lot. I just want to see the Kings in the playoffs, man. You know, I'll say this real quick. It has nothing to do with the Kings, but it has everything to do with the Kings. Um, You know, I know how passionate the Kings fan base is. And it's so funny because you you hear these narratives about, oh, you know, this this fan, they don't even the the are not a great fit And it's like, you know, look at the Phoenix Suns. How awesome were Suns fans this year? They just haven't had a lot to cheer about right. over the last decade or so. And so I cannot wait until whether it's next year, the year after, hopefully not much longer than that. The Kings have a team that that's that's in the playoffs and whatever the arena is called now. It used to be called Arco Arena back in the day. I don't know what it's called anymore. It's the brand um, new Golden One Center now. The brand that's new- right, the Golden One Center. I knew they had a new arena, but um I can't wait to see it rocking because I know how much that team means to the city. And like I said, you know, I I I've done all the radio interviews, I've done all the podcasts. I mean, none of them are as, as fun as yours, Matt, obviously, but huh. Um, I know what what this team means to the city, and I I really can't wait for hopefully very soon seeing the Kings have their sons moment where the Suns just had a great run, a great playoffs, everybody acknowledged them, stuff like that.
1: Well, Aaron, thank you for the kind words. And, and this was a ton of fun. Before I let you go, though, uh, do you have anything you're working on right now? I mean, I, I mentioned the Fox Sports Radio host. Uh, I, you also have a podcast as well. In addition to that, you do uh, writing and covering college basketball and college football. So, what's going on with you, my man, for uh, the Locked on Kings listeners to go and, and check out? What they, can they expect from the uh, excellent work of Aaron Torres?
0: Well, you know, I'll say this, uh, you know, I'm really working on uh, and following a story that is very near and dear to all Sacramento fans. And that is what the heck is going on with Oklahoma and Texas in the SEC. <laughs> I know that that's the I know that that's leading all story. But no, you know, I think next week in the lead up to the draft, I did a lot of interviews with a lot of these players um, during the season. I'll probably rerun a lot of them on my podcast, the Aaron Torres podcast podcast. I had on Io DeSumo, who's just an incredible kid, uh, Cade Cunningham, incredible kid, um, you know, Luca Garza, who I frankly don't know if he'll get drafted, but really, really special kid. Um, so I'll probably rerun a lot of those interviews and and just really, you know, it's, it's a fun time for me, man. You know, I'm very fortunate, I, you know, much like you, Matt, I, you know, I love what I do. And the thing about covering college hoops right now in this era is that, you know, if you wait to... If you wait till they get to college to start to learn about them, you know, you're, you're, you're behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. And so I bring it up to say what I said a minute ago. I, I don't want to say I know Evan Mobley like we're best friends, but I, I've known his family for five, six years now. I, I adore his dad. I think the world of his dad. I think his dad's an incredible coach. And I'm excited for that family. You know, Cade uh, is an incredible kid. And and I really look forward to, you know, him having his moment and him showing everybody in the in the NBA you know what he is capable of um you know uh I'm a UConn alum James Booknight you know I can't even express how much he meant to my alma mater over these last couple years I mean you go on and on down the list Davion Mitchell uh, you, you know Corey Kispert I mean just to see these guys grow um and some of them right like you know Evan Mobley's been you know seven feet six eight six nine since he was 15 years old so it's not you know i I knew Evan Mobley was going to be a draft pick four years ago, but to see these guys grow and mature and evolve and to have their moment, I'm just excited for that. And, uh, you know, that is a really fun part of my job is to be able to watch these kids grow and mature. So I don't know if that really answered your question, but, but that's part of the fun of kind of covering college basketball is you get to see these kids at 15, 16 years old, really see them mature and evolve. And uh, I'm excited for all of them that are going to have their opportunity here in these next, uh, you know, the next week or so. Aaron,
1: you're the man. Appreciate you coming on. I look forward to doing it again, hopefully in the near future, brother. Thank you so much. Anytime, anytime, Matt, just let me know. I for sure will let him know. would love to have Aaron back here on the On Kings podcast in the near future. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you want to respond to anything we talked about, you can do so on Twitter at Matt George Radio, or you can email me mgeorgesacklocalmedia.com. I appreciate all of you who have been emailing me and tweeting me your thoughts on my uh, buddy healed for Eric Bledsoe trade in our Ultimate Mock Draft. Keep them coming and make sure you listen to the final episode of the Ultimate Mock Draft airing tomorrow. It's been an incredible week of content here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm glad you've been able to be a part of it. Join me on tomorrow's Locked On Kings podcast. Finally, I will get to what I've been plugging all week long, this Sacramento Kings build your own off-season adventure. I'm trying to put together a template so you can play along with me, but essentially I put together a multitude of scenarios for the Sacramento Kings off-season and basically went through each as to how I would do things if I were Monty McNair. For example, who I would select at number nine and the moves that I would make afterwards if I just stayed put, what a swing for the fences trade would look like, what a mild safe trade would look like, and so much more. I tried to be as realistic as possible and made sure to follow all salary cap guidelines so these are moves that actually could happen. It's not just going on to trade machine or NBA 2K and doing what's fun over there and things that would never actually take place so you can listen to the moves that i made tomorrow i hope you will join me for that and of course as always please stay safe stay healthy stay cool with this summer heat and i look forward to talking to you soon my name is matt George. i've been listening to locked on kings part of the locked on podcast network
0: you are locked on kings your daily sacramento kings podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day